The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently, you shouldn't vote. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you, I am a vote. Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, The Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of the radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com. There you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side is a Bradley show from the previous day. So if you missed that, you can catch that up until 3 p.m. Eastern, at which time he'll be live in that little area right there. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Again, you guys who are watching by way of video, you know that this is not that. I wasn't fibbing. We are live at the moment, but we're pre-recording the show. This is where you're going to find us on the right side of the page. Click the play button, blow it up on whatever device you got. Look for the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. Click on that and join us on the chat on Rumble. Got a lot of friends over there on Rumble, and uh, good morning to you guys. And while you're there, please subscribe to the channel, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Sons of Liberty Radio Live is the channel on Rumble, and we're streaming live there every morning and every afternoon at 3 o'clock. And then also we're streaming live on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page over there, and we appreciate those guys giving us a spot on their platform. Right up under where we're streaming live on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com is where you can sign up for our email um, newsletter that goes out late afternoon or early evening every day. So you get all the articles we put out, including the morning show archive. So if you want a copy of this and video or podcast, or if you want to know the links that we talk about, any of this kind of stuff, that will be in the archive. So look for that later on today at sonsoflibertymedia.com. And then real quickly, uh, our store is available. The link is right off of sonsoflibertymedia.com, or you can go directly there. It's uh, thesonsofliberty.squarespace.com. Now, don't forget to put in the okay the sons of liberty squarespace.com and i just want to make you aware again uh bradley's new book is out soldier of the cross we've got a bundle there you get the soldier of the cross book you get a shirt of your size and you get the dog tag the sons of liberty dog tag black or silver your choice for 34 dollars. it's a little bit more if you're double x or triple x uh, size in your shirt but you can get that for you guys have been asking for a little bundle 
you can save a little bit of money if you're wanting to get all three of these things. You can do that, or you can buy them individually. Uh, the shirt is twenty dollars or a little more. Again, if you're double X or triple X large, it's got the artwork from the book, and then uh, the book is ten dollars. You can pick that up in the store. Also, uh, the dog tags are eight dollars. They're at the very bottom of our store, and then Bradley's got another book out. Uh, called All the Profits Were Pointing to the Front, and that's $10 as well. Uh, these are pretty short reads. Um, he's asked me, where's your review? Where's your review? And I was just telling our guest, uh, I started the book and I'm correcting a little little bit of things. So I, I had to go back and start again. And as most of you know, my times just eat up, but I'm doing so many things here in at home uh, that I it's it's hard for me to get to the things I want to do. I'm doing things I need to do and I'm needing to get to some things I want to do. And finishing that book is one two to three hour read for Tim Brown would be great if I had two or three hours straight in a row that I could read it. Uh, unfortunately, that doesn't happen too often. So with that said, <laughs> we're not talking about reading and all those things, although we are going to talk about a book here. Uh, this morning, uh, I've got my friend Casper McLeod back. Uh, he's look, he's a he's a He's an English lad who lives in Georgia, Peachtree, Georgia, down there. And he has just gotten back from England. And it's my privilege to welcome back to the Sons of Liberty, Casper McLeod. How are you, brother? It's good to be back with you. You're my favorite boat rocker <laughs> in the world. So uh, we need boat rockers. We need to shake some things off. Well, we, we absolutely do. And I'm glad to see you back. And so one of the things, you know, we were talking a little bit of the, before we started uh, recording the show. And uh, I was asking a little bit about how things were going. You're telling me some things. I want to hear before we get into the subject matter we're going to talk about, how did things go? You went over to England for a period of time here in the past month. How did things go over there? What did you do? Uh, did you get to hang out with Nurse Kate and and see some other people over there that you have, maybe hadn't seen? Maybe some childhood friends. You were up, I think, in your area where you grew up, right? I, I did get to see some childhood friends and um Unfortunately, Kate and I, I tried a number of times to get with her and she wasn't available. Um, we, we tried even to the last minute. We were going to meet at the airport when I was flying big and that didn't work out either. So it just wasn't meant to be this time. We went over to tour. Um, I, I basically um, did a church service in the morning. We drive a couple hours and do another church service in the evening and a concert um, pretty much every day for a month. So uh, everywhere I went, I, I, I'd ask questions as I was um, speaking, ministering. On, I'd ask, how many of you have heard of Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum? And to my amazement, no one. You're kidding. I'm not joking. Nobody knew what I was talking about. No, I, I recall when my book, uh, before I wrote my book, Unmasking the Future, um, I was back in England, and I was going back every year. On, I remember it was maybe like 2012, 14, something around there, um, probably 2012. And I remember at a spirit-filled Pentecostal church and hundreds of people, and I said, how many of you have ever heard of transhumanism? Nobody knew what I was talking about. I think they do now. So... I, I find that this, it seems like there's um, a, a, a more of a veil of darkness over UK that's um, preventing a lot of people. Not when After I did speak, I had numerous people coming up and thanking me because they realized I was speaking the truth and I was sharing things. And over and over again, people came. In fact, I've been sending some 
video clips where they were um, being grateful that I was sharing these things because he said nobody else was sharing that in the UK. Well, obviously, Ms. Kate's tried to, to share uh, it. Yeah, obviously. Um, a lot of the churches just seemed a bit oblivious to what's going on. Um, some churches, you know, asked me not to mention vaccines at all, um, but they were keen to have me, you know, speak to them about artificial intelligence and how that's permeating the world and how that's going to change things in future. And I'm thinking, like, they're all connected. They are. So, yep. Yeah. No, uh, they they absolutely are. So, so do you get the idea? Because I see this in the American church too is they want to so spiritualize what the Bible says that it has no impact in the culture. It's, it's all about what's going on inside of you. And, and that's all it is. It isn't about, you know, how it, how, how, what God's word says affects people. Um, you know, what their decisions make. The, the reason they don't want to talk about vaccines is because they're promoting the doctors and the surgeries and the, and all of the other things that, you know, is, is really not mentioned in uh, in scripture. I mean, doctors are mentioned, but they kind of get a bad rap. I mean, God chose Luke to write two books of the Bible, but when you read some of the people, like the woman who had the issue of blood, it says the doctors took all her money and didn't help her. So uh, I, I know they want to they promote a lot. Do you find that they they want to so? And I, I'm not denying the spiritual. But do you find that they want to so spiritualize it to make it just for the individual person, you know, just inside the walls of the church, that it has no impact on mankind, on government, on healing, on the worldview or any of that? Do you find that they do stuff like that? The church is always involved with um, I, the the pastors are you know wonderful godly men and and they're doing the best they can to lead people closer to Christ, which is what the job of a pastor is, kind of like being a coach running sure. alongside. You can do this team, um, but a lot of times I found they just were not aware, and a lot of the churches that, over and over again. Let me just say this without exception, almost. I would say every church I was in, people came up to me at the end, even though I didn't say the word vaccine, they they understood what I was talking about. I found I remember saying something like the reason Jesus spoke in parables was because they had fact checkers back in his day too. <laughs> so over and over again, somebody would come up to me at the end of a service and go, I, I got the first injection. I, I really regret it. I realize I've been you know, deceive, can you pray for me? One church in particular, I, I was at, at, um, in, in a church where I, I felt really constrained. Um, the, the leadership was putting restrictions on what I could do and what I could say. And uh, so I, I did a worship set and I got done playing and I sat down uh, with, with some other pastors that had come to see me. And one of them looked at me and said, I, I had a vision of you while you were up there, you know, leading worship. I went, all right. He told me that he saw my, my hands and my feet were, were tied with leather bounds, religious leather bounds. <laughs> and I started laughing. I said, well, yeah, I, I am being a, a bit hinted by what I can do here. And um, so he looks at me and goes, look, you, you're going to be at my church this week. 
and and I want you to know right now you've got total carte blanche to do whatever the Holy Spirit shows you. You just do whatever God tells you to do. Uh, and this man, um, when this this pastor, it, it's given me a number of prophetic um, insights, the things that other people have told me as well. So I, I was really paying attention to him. And so I got there, and um, my violinist um, Renee just got in. She she'd missed the first week of concerts I was doing. Um, and I got to play with some guys I used to play with back when I was young. So that was great fun to get to, you know, reunite with an old bandmate. And for people who are watching, okay, the thing that I, I hope I look as good as you do at your age as I, as you do, because you're like 70, man. And, yeah. and I, when I see you, I'm like, that guy does not look 70 years old at all. And uh, so, yeah, I, th I think that's a great thing that you got to, to play with the childhood friends as well. Yeah, well, don't feel 70. You know, I'm still <laughs> like I'm a young boat rocking rocket. <laughs> <laughs> so um, she flew in and I was like, you know, she'd been up all night on the plane, um, which is usually what happens when you fly transatlantic. And I'm going, you, you don't have to play tonight. And she's like, she's such a trooper. Now I'm going to do it. So she get up and um, after the... By the way, after she got off the plane, she had to take a train and she'd never been to England before. So that was a bit challenging because um, somebody was going to pick her up, collect her from the airport and was unable to at the last minute. So we get together, we go up and play and you know, she just does her thing. I, I don't know how she does that, but um, she's just full of energy, smiling and just, you know, just the joy of the Lord. And I started giving a message after we got done doing the concert part. And then they asked me if I prayed for individuals. And the first lady came towards me, said she, she suffered from fibromyalgia. I looked at her, I looked her in the eye, you know, the window of the soul, right? And I said, who broke your heart? And she said, my, my, my husband and my, my parents. I started to minister to her, and within moments, I had a full-blown manifestation. I mean, she's just... You know, she falls down. I caught her. Nobody there was the catcher. I fought, caught her falling down, and then she's contorting, and voices are coming out of the. Um, I mean, not like I haven't experienced these things in the years of ministry before. So I dressed it, commanded these spirits that were tormenting her to leave because she'd repented of those things. And um, she came through it. And looked at me and almost looked embarrassed because, you know, there's people in the church around seeing this going on. And uh, she looked at me and she said, uh, Reverend McLeod, I, I didn't know any of those things were in me. I said, well, they're not in me anymore, so don't let them back in, at least the worst thing. Amen. You know, right? Yep. So the next, the next lady comes and she had a spirit of suicide and she manifested. And then the next one came and they manifested. And the next one, I was there, it's almost midnight. And... Uh, and after that experience, I, I just started doing deliverance meetings. And we, we just saw a tremendous, uh, really fruitful time. Because everywhere I went, you know, I said, how many of you got somebody you're upset with, you haven't forgiven? Well, the Lord says, you know, Matthew 18, if you don't forgive others, he cannot forgive you. That's right. So how's he going to heal you? How's he going to bless you? How's he going to do anything with you? So I, I, I would take them through a, a series of steps. And um, we actually added a couple more meetings on. Um, had friends in Gloucester that we 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 did a, um, had an extra night that we went and did another deliverance meeting 
really, you know, just did an acoustic set there at night, and uh, I just got um, my friends had this uh, medieval barn that they'd restored, and the next morning they told me that they had so many um, testimonies of people that got made free and, and healed that they felt the whole reason they spent the time and the expense of rebuilding the barn, medieval barn, was the allow me to be in there the minister that night amen. amen which is one of the nicest compliments i think i've ever gotten yeah yeah well and you know we we use the we use the letters sdg sola deo gloria and you know that comes from the reformation one of the solas to glory to the glory be to god alone and uh and that's that's what we'll give him we'll give him the glory because uh, neither you nor i can uh, heal people uh we can't drive out demons we can't in fact jesus says we can't do anything apart from him so right. we get we give him the glory for all of that, and uh, I thank you for sharing those those uh, experiences that you had over there. I'm glad God used you over there uh, as well. In fact, we're talking about Bradley and I are talking about uh, seeing if we can get some events going on in England and going over there and spending some time. I'm going to have to find somebody to do my job because I if I go somewhere, the job just eats everything up of any kind of enjoyment of going somewhere that I have. So I got to, I got to get one of my kids to help me or something like that, but we're here to talk about solutions and specifically you and you're a contributor along with some other people to a a book. Um, You know, Michael Spaulding used to contribute to the Sons of Liberty. I don't know why he's not doing it anymore, Uh, but he's, he's got a book out with you guys contributing solutions for the end times. Now, most people will know, uh, from listening to the Sons of Liberty that, you know, I hold a, a little bit of a different eschatology in that. Uh, but I'm all about solutions and I'm all about we're, we're pushing forth the kingdom and the crown rights of King Jesus. That is our task. Uh, it is to uh, be sanctified in him, which he does. He does for us. He sets us apart. He sanctifies us. He makes us holy. He does that. And then in the process there, there's not just that initial thing, but there's a process of sanctification. He starts ridding us of things that we had no idea was going on in our life or our thinking and all these kinds of st- all these kinds of things. So in this, we've got people like uh, you, we've got uh, Mike, we've got Dr. Carrie Madey, we've got uh, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, Dr. Lee Merritt. I didn't know she was in there. I just spoke with her just a little while ago. Mark Sutherland, uh, we had him on the show as well, uh, and some other people who are part of this book. So what is the what is the issue of solutions that you guys are talking about? For instance, let me just take you, for instance, let's take you right off the bat. What what was your contribution in this for solutions in the day that we're living in? Well, when I look at solutions, and, and by the way, um, Brother Mike Spaulding, we were talking and, and a lot of us have worked together and done a lot of conferences. I've done lots of conferences with Dr. Carrie Madej and Dr. Lee Merritt and Dr. Sherry Tampany. And I suggested to him, I said, you know, we should just all come together. And, and because everywhere we go, people are asking, what's going to happen next? Well, we need the word of God, no matter what happens next. That's right. And um, so we just thought, well, let's just all come together and all contribute, you know, to an idea of what, what kind of solutions we can have. When I look at Revelation 12, 11, where it says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, the word of the testimony, for Amen. they love not lives unto death. Yep. I'm thinking, well, isn't that a solution? That's a solution to overcome. So I um, started digging into that. And interestingly enough, too, um, 
Dr. Anna Mahotcha is, is a friend of mine, and um, I know she's not um, a born-again Christian at this point, but we, yeah. we include her. And she was promoting the book, and she started talking about um, to her people when the book came out, you know, that she was a contributing author to this and how that happened um, because of our friendship. I think she's doing some really good work at exposing what's going on um, with the blood samples and all. And uh, she's talking about Gnosticism. So amazingly, before the book went to print, Dr. Mike Spaulding um, sent me the, the entire you know, manuscript. And I was looking through what I'd written, and I felt compelled to make a couple of minor changes to a few sentences. And then all of a sudden I wrote, several paragraphs and expanded the book much further than we were pages that we expected. And I talked about Gnosticism. I don't know why I felt compelled to put that in, but now I know. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Gnosticism is, is, is very dangerous. Amen. Um, yep. Very, very dangerous heretical teaching that is still out there. And we get people that are, you know, a lot of doctors, they, they didn't grow up in church. They grew up in the religion of science. And then they they grab it. They started asking me, "Well, what about these lost books, the Bible?" I go, "Why don't you just read the Bible first before we go into any evidence of any lost books?" That's right. You, know the, you don't even know the basics yet. Um, but here we got you know all the stuff going on, and so I address the things like um, the fact that there's a spirit of fear being released on this world. We've got you know right now you, you got war, you know, escalating in the Middle East. In, in Israel, um, which is, you know, I think some prophecy is being unfolding right here. And the fact that um, the, the world, even in America, it, it's just, to me, it's just extraordinary that the propaganda and the people that have, are supporting Palestine and thinking it's, you know, the, the same people that think it's okay to abort babies have no problem with um, terrorists, let's call them what they are, terrorists coming in targeting people that can't fight back, you know, women and children and men that were not equipped to fight back and then beheading babies. I mean, w- that's okay with them. Yeah. I, I let, let's, let's take that just for a second. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I think that a lot, a lot of what we have been given uh, here in the West is all of this pro Israel stuff. And I'm going to, I'm just going to tell you straight out. I don't think modern day Israel over there has anything to do with what the Bible says because their whole government is Zionistic. It is they are antichrist. They they don't like Christians. They they can tell you that all they want to, but then when you go talk to the Christians who are there in Israel, uh, there was a letter that was sent to Chuck Baldwin, uh, and he said, you know, when I I became a Christian, and he said I started being persecuted by my neighbors. I was persecuted by the IDF. All of this kind of stuff, and the the Palestinians who are who are uh, Christians who are not they're not fleeing over into Israel. They're coming to the United States. They're going to South America and other places because they're not welcome over there. I, I think there's a distinction too among the Palestinian people and Hamas, and we know that Hamas was created by Israel, just like our CIA created the Al Qaeda and ISIS and all that. And though we're against them. I'm against the CIA because they shouldn't even be in in any kind of authority because they're not even mentioned in the U.S. Constitution. And we've seen all of the 
uh, nefarious nature of what they're doing, the malicious stuff they're doing. Um, so I'm I'm against anybody dying, whether they're Palestinian or whether they're Israeli being murdered. I mean, we have to speak out about that, but I think we have to be careful because there's a large majority of Christians in Palestine, as well as Muslims who don't agree with any of that stuff. And, Absolutely, I agree with you. Yep. I, I would say, you know, what comes to mind is Second Timothy three. You know, evil men and seducers getting sure. loose, deceiving and being deceived. But then I think what we're looking at is is numerous false flag operations. And sadly, you know, what what is the false flag operate? They're, they're disguising. They're blaming somebody else for what crimes they're doing. That's right. Them. That's right. Right. But sadly, real people die in these things. And evidence, and I looked at these papers um, the last few weeks, back in 1962, as you mentioned, the CIA, the U.S. Um, Joint Chief of Staffs came together to justify an invasion, the, the start of war with Cuba, and they called it Operation Northwood. I'm, I'm sure you know yes, about that. Yes, absolutely. Right? So we're looking, I think they, they use that as a template, because how... how I mean, if they can, they can tell when a, a spider or a cockroach goes across the border, but obviously they, they weren't able to prevent people from invading. I mean, this, none of this makes any sense to me. Yeah, no, but, I, I'm, I'm of the same opinion because we've been, what have we been told here in the West? We've been told Israel has the greatest security, the greatest military, uh, you know, they're so meticulous. I mean, they're downright Naziistic when you when you get to the limitation of rights and things of what they do. It's far more than what we're facing at the airports and stuff here in the States. And so I thought the same thing. How did these guys get in to kill thousands of people and nobody stopped it? What? What what's going on? You know, and so I'm I'm of the same opinion. I I I think through that and I think, okay, we're being fed a line here and there's something else going on. And I th- I do think that uh, there is a manipulation of our emotions, uh, which I've, I've to often told people when we respond emotionally, most of the time, probably 95% of the time, we sin because we're not thinking. We're just responding emotionally. And I think that's what it's to get us to do, is to not think about what's going on, not ask these questions like what you were just saying, and then buy into whatever lie that they're telling us so that we, quote unquote, pick a side or not. Well, I choose not to pick any of those sides. I'm not on Israel or Palestine. Mine is, look, if you go in there and murder somebody, you're sinning against God. And that should be abhorred. That should be spoken out against. And justice should be brought. And I think that is a solution as well that many in the church don't want to talk about. They, just, they want to talk about God is love. God is love. Yeah, but God is just and he's holy. And he's righteous and he can't look upon sin and he's angry with the wicked every day and all of these. And those messages don't come out to where it says, look, the Bible talks about putting the evil away from you. And I, I got to tell you, Casper, had had our forefathers, the ones who came before us, the generation before us and the generation before them, had they been engaged in that and not deceived and gotten off the beaten path by the Marxism that came into the, the states here in the 1850s and, and following, had they done that, we'd be in a different place now because they would have dealt with the evil man. They would have put him away and they would have established righteousness, but they didn't do that. And so now we're left to do it. And I got to tell you, the Bible is just as clear about us bringing you know, justice as it is about us preaching the gospel, which declares justice because it's declaring justice against sinners and calling sinners to repentance. 
Amen. I, I have a friend that's a messianic rabbi in, in Jerusalem. And uh, so I was getting boots on the ground, first-hand information. He's out on the street, you know, trying to comfort. It doesn't matter, you know, if you're Palestinian or Israeli or whatever. You know, he's there trying to comfort people, bring them provisions, food and water, and, uh, and obviously bring them to Christ. So, um, Amen. Word of God does say, you know, you will bless those who bless Israel. Uh, it, think about it, it's such a small place. I mean, this, the whole world is, I mean, it's hard. You're going to need a, a magnifying glass to find it on a map. And, yeah. Ken, let, let's, let's take a look at that. I, I just want to ask you what you think about that, because I've talked about that before. And first of all, you know, when we read that about blessing Israel, one of the things that we read about is early on, and we're seeing that in Abraham, right? We're seeing that taken out of Genesis, where it's those who bless you, I'm going to bless. Those who curse you, I'm going to curse. And so we see that. And I've heard people use that with modern day Israel. But again, I don't see Israel as being repentant at all uh, in being brought into the land. They were, they were clearly uh, the, the Zionist mentality. They were clearly of that. They were not of repentance towards Yahweh. They're, they're not you know, repentant toward him. Uh, in fact, you could see Tel Aviv rivals anything we see out in San Francisco. And they, they glory in the fact that they let the Sodomites parade in the, in the, in the streets. So I'm not of that opinion. I, I see like the book of Galatians or Ephesians 2, where God said he took the Jew and the Gentile and he made them one new man. Well, what is that one new man? Well, that is Israel, is it not? The church in the New Testament is Israel. The church in the Old Testament is Israel. There's not any difference. Um, Acts chapter 7, Stephen says there was the church in the wilderness. So he's clearly identifying the ecclesia, the people of God, as Israel. And then when Paul lays out in Galatians, especially chapter 3, he tells us who the children of Abraham are. They're the ones who have the same faith as Abraham, and that is in the promised seed, which I think he's the trunk. I think he's the vine uh, that we're called to be in. The true Israel is Christ, and those who are in him, no matter what your pedigree is or where you came from in the world, you are Israel if you have the faith of Abraham. So when I look at things like that about blessing Israel, I look at like, okay, who's blessing the true church of God? Who is cursing the true church of God? Because you've got a, either a blessing or a cursing coming to you when you go against the people of God. Do, do you not see that same thing there, or do you see something different going on? I, I would go back to Deuteronomy 28, you know, and it's, people ask me at conferences for years, Pastor, have you got a word for me? I go, yeah, read your Bible. That's as profound as Deuteronomy 28, and, and it shall come to pass if... There's, there's, there's their prophecy. If, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord, I got to do all the stodges this day, then all these blessings will come upon you. That's right. You'll, you'll be blessed in your marriage, in your business, in your finances, in your health. Everything will be blessed. And then verse 15, it flips it the other way. If you get outside of God's protection plan, you're susceptible for the kingdom of darkness to come and mess right. with your life. Yep. In fact, um, I forget what verse it is, but it talks about. Emrods in the original language, well, the King James says emrods, and I had to look that up. What's an emrod? And I discovered it was a hemorrhoid. But I've never found anybody that ever told me that was a blessing to have. And then was, <laughs> <laughs> in verse um, 
I think it's 61, don't quote me on that, but it says in every sickness and every disease, that would include all the bioweapons and the, the you know, developing and underground military labs are also included in this list of curses. So, I, you know, think about this too. Wars cost money, and the evidence shows that most of all the wars, at least the last few hundred years since Meyer Rothschild, you know, pulled the fast one, and knew 24 hours before anybody else did the, the Wellington um, win at Waterloo or the Napoleon. And he goes in the stock market in the morning. And, and everyone knew that if, if England lost the battle at Waterloo, it was over for England. So he comes in, pretends, oh, he's so sad. And everybody's panicking, selling all their stocks. He has his agents going around buying up on pennies on the pound. And that's the same scam they've been doing ever since. Yeah. 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 I can see, I can see that. I was pulling up Deuteronomy 28 cause I was going to try to get the part where you're at. And one of the things that, that strikes me that, that people don't talk about who will look to a modern day Israel as somehow a fulfillment of Bible prophecy and things of this nature is one of the things I point them to is like verse 63. I mean, I've got this up. So I, I was going down to 61 where you were, but this is what he says. He says, it shall come to pass that as the Lord rejoiced over you to do you good and to multiply you, which he did. He gave them all the land that he promised their fathers. Joshua tells us he did that. Some people say, well, they didn't get all the land. No, they did. The Bible says they did. So the Lord will rejoice over you to destroy you and to bring you to naught, and ye shall be plucked from off the land whither thou goest to possess it. And you know, one of the interesting things that I see is in like Leviticus 26, he talks to them and he calls them to repentance. And he says, if you won't repent, I'll send it to you. I'll send judgment to you seven times greater. If you won't repent, I'll send it to you seven times greater. If you don't repent, I'll send it to you three times, seven times greater. And I look to the book of Revelation and I see the seven seals, seven trumpets, what? seven bowls. And I think this is where I'm at. I see it as that is the fulfillment of God's promise there in Deuteronomy, there in Leviticus 26, on a disobedient covenant nation. And he's had it with them. He's already written them a divorce. Jeremiah says that. He's already written them a divorce. Now he's destroying them. And Jesus said, I'm going to take from you and I'm going to give it to a nation that will bear the fruits thereof. And what's he talking about? Well, Peter says he calls the church a chosen generation, right? A, a royal priesthood. All this. So he gives those taglines to the people of God. They're, it's not like they change somehow. It's not a replacement thing. I think it's just an expansion. It goes outside for the first time since what? Jonah went outside Nineveh. I mean, that was that's the only prophet I can think. Maybe there's another one, but that's the only one I can think who went outside the covenant people to speak to somebody. And when he did, the whole city repented and God spared him. But now I didn't mean to interrupt, but when you Nineveh, most people aren't not aware that would be like having, you know, the Lord say Tim. I want you to go into this ISIS camp. Uh, yeah. I want you to share the gospel with That's them. That's right. And the wonder he's like, no way, I'm not doing that, you know. And and he gets swallowed by the well. He's in there for a few days. And yep. the well's out. And not, what, what would you make of a guy that he, he probably looked blue at this point, right? He had, he had <laughs> and <all> smell. Those, <laughs> I mean, you, you know, what would it be like if you come out of sight of a, of a fish's belly? And, and, and he's, they had... They had like, you know, the skins of people, the victims on, on the city gates and, you know, heads on stakes. I mean, this is the ones he went to evangelize. And, and, he, and he, the Holy Spirit's obviously with him. Mm -hmm. He gives a message and, and they all repent. 
And what's interesting is Jonah doesn't want to go because he knows God's merciful and he doesn't want them to experience God's mercy. I think that's, that's, that's part of what I read in the midst of that. That's why he's running. I, I'm not wanting to go there. I don't want these, these people are not your people. What, what, what is this about? And God has to even teach the preacher, the prophet he has to teach him, wait a minute, I got something you don't see here, boy. And uh, you're going to spend a couple of nights in this fish's belly. You're going to come out looking like you've been in the fish's belly. And then you're still going to do what I told you to do. So God is still in control, even when sometimes, you know, his his own people are rebellious. So I, I get that. But, but I see those things developing. And so it leads me to issues of solutions, too. And some people say, oh, well, you're anti-Semitic because you're talking about, no, I'm not. I'm not calling for anybody to die. I'm not talking about wiping people off the map or anything. I'm just making distinction of who I see the true Israel is. And I've told people, you want to find the true Israel? You want to find the true people of God? Find people that love the Lord Jesus. If you find those people, they have the faith of Abraham. Those are the Israel of God. They are. And they can be from a Jewish background, a German background, an American background, wherever because the Bible says that he saves the people out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. So it's not limited to a certain class of people or a certain quote-unquote race of people. It is, it is for the world. Uh, Christ didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Yeah. And so we go back right to your first solution, which I think is the primary solution, and that is the preaching of the gospel to save sinners from their sin. Uh, what else did you find out in the book? Did you give other things other than that? How, what did some of the other contributors give as well as far as solutions in this time that we're living in? I think all of us tended to, you know, expose the things that are going on. We all tended to expose the pandemic and the psychopath banksters and um, the globalists, you know, in their lockstep, goosestep opening act here. Um, I, you know, I, I think... It's important to point out, too, um, it's called genocide when your own government is eliminating because they're a depopulationist, eugenicist. And I think that possibly the same diabolical spirits that were behind the JFK assassination, the 9-11, how Jeffrey Epstein's camera suddenly failed to, to operate and, yes. and some managed to do an impossible feat of committing suicide in, in, a, in such an environment. Um, and then they want people to believe this official narrative, right? Um, <laughs> I, I think the reason they won't release Jeffrey Epstein's client list is because they are the client list. I agree. Yeah, I totally, so, I totally agree. And and then we have that tied. See, and this is where I kind of go with some of this other. We have those ties that Epstein and Maxwell had with Mossad and Israel, and the blackmail that was going on. And we see, we've seen so much money. And political um, movings out of the states towards Israel, and you know, I, I just I, I see all of that kind of going on, and I see the church silent on that, not calling out those things too. I mean, maybe they're just as ignorant of that as the church was that you were at uh, with Klaus Schwab. Maybe they're ignorant of these things. I don't know, but you're exactly right. We have to expose evil, Ephesians five five eleven, and then. Once we expose it, we have to have a solution, and I think that's what you gave at the first of the show. Right. That the, the solution is the, the trust God for every detail of your life and not love your life that much, because this is just a temporary place where we're basically in an open test, right? Um, open book test. And we have the Holy Bible, and we can use that 
for the answers because he's got all the answers we need in there. Amen. We've got some, you know, a, a group of handful of people. I, I call them well-educated fools that are in power. I mean, how they're planning just like I, I wrote in um, my book, Unmasking the Future, which back in 2016, I remember I had a, a chapter where I addressed uh, Albert Pike's um, letter about the three world wars that they were planning back in the 1800s. And the first two went precisely as he stated they would happen. And the third one seems to be unfolding as he said it would. How would they know that back then? So um, how, how can America, in trillions of dollars of debt, how, they probably cannot be repaid at this point. Um, and then they talk about sustainability in their 17 statements written for the Agenda 2030, right? I mean, every single uh, paragraph of the 17 statements they made, they're always talking about sustainability. They, they can't sustain any truth here at all, can they? So um, it, it, what troubles me, and I think anybody that knows your heart and been listening to you for any length of time can see, you know, there's, there's not a, an ounce of anti-Semitism in you talking about this stuff. You don't want to see people suffering and you want to see them all get right with God. That's right. Now we got, and anti-Semitism is, is rising. I mean, there's, there's universities, you know, with Marxist professors and, and, and down to the, you know, the, the elementary school system here, um, the indoctrinating these children and, and, and young adults to, believe this these lies um and and that's why you've got all these kids not knowing what they're doing supporting you know terrorism basically and yeah same- yeah and and what you said is true i want to see those who call themselves jews uh which even i think orthodox jews will say no they're zionists there's a distinction that's there i want to see i would love to see them repent and come to christ just as much as i would the, the orthodox jew the muslim the buddhist the hindu or the self-professed atheist, of which there is none. Read Romans 1. God says that, no, you know he's there. You just want to suppress that truth and the righteousness. I want to, I want to see those people come to Christ. I, I've said on the air, if I'm in the Walmart down here in rural South Carolina, and I hear somebody yell, Allahu Akbar, I'm going to have my gun on me, and I, you're probably going to get a bead drawn on you and probably going to get shot by multiple people if you do something like that. But is that something I want to engage in? No, I don't want to shoot anybody. I don't really, I don't want to kill anybody. I don't want to hurt anybody, but I do want them to come to Christ. And that is the problem that we're facing here. I think the biggest problem we face here in America is we have churches without Christ. They have, they have Ichabod written over their, over their doors because the glory of God has departed from there. They're all about themselves. They're building their buildings for their own glory, their own enjoyment, and everything else. And they have a no intent at all about confronting a lost world with the good news that Jesus saves sinners from their sin. I think that's the biggest problem that we face more than Klaus Schwab, more than Noah Harari, more than the UN or any of that. And they're bad in and of themselves. I think that's the biggest problem we have is the people who call themselves the people of God, yet they're without the spirit of God, they're, they're still dead in their sins. I, I agree with you. I, it's, it's very grievous. And I think the, the pandemic of 2020 divided the churches between the supernatural church and the superficial churches. And the superficial churches, they're very popular. You know, they just tickle people's ears. I, while I was in England, um, I, I was 
told there was a, a popular church in Atlanta, Georgia, if you can call it a church, with the, 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 the man that's leading it is absolutely a heretic, and he had a a homosexual affirming um, church service. Was this Andy Stanley's church? I think that's the guy's name. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He was Charles Stanley's. Yeah, he's Charles Stanley's son. Well, you know, Ephesians 5.11 says to call out evil. That's, I mean, if, if God calls it an abomination, what in the world is the church affirming anything from that God calls an abomination? Amen. I mean, I, I I feel you know that's that's the same guy that said um, that uh, you know you don't have to believe in the virgin birth to be a a Christian, and he said something, and I remember hearing it. You know, I, I watched him say it. Um, it wasn't photoshopped. It was him saying you know that the only reason they they came up with the virgin birth um, story was to give him street cred. I couldn't even say credibility because he's so cool, right? Street cred. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's a recording of it somewhere. Anybody can find it. So this is ridiculous. Um, you know, the, the bottom line is, you know, Romans 14, 8, if you're in crisis, whether we live or we die with the Lord, and um, that's where we have to, you know, to focus all attention here. And one of the things that most churches, I think, don't want to do, most Christians don't want to do, Matthew 5, 44, right? The Lord said, love your enemies. Yeah. Them. That's Do right. good for them that hate you. Pray for them which despitefully use you, persecute you. The Lord Jesus being, uh, um, you know, tortured beyond what any of us can imagine, and he's hanging on a cross. He goes, "Forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing." Amen. So all these people that are working for the World Health Organization and the World Economic Forum gang, they don't know what they're doing. They're, well, they're yeah. Yeah, I think there I think there are people who have seared their conscience. You know, the Bible talks about those guys. And I think they did I think they know what they're doing and they've just they've had they because when he talks about they sear their conscience, the conscience is what tells you this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. You know, it's like the old cartoons you had the little angel and the devil. Well, this was the angel. Your conscience is the that little angel, that cartoon angel, if you will. I I hate using that kind of reference because that kind of demeans it. But it, to get the point across, it's warning you, don't do that. Don't do that. That's wrong. You know it's wrong. How do you know it's wrong? Because you're made in the image of God. And even though it's marred, that image is marred, there is still the effects of that in there. And it's telling them. And those people that go to that extreme like that, those people have seared their conscience. And, you know, John talks about there's a sin unto death. Don't pray for it. But there's other people, just like what you said, they don't know what they're doing. They think they're doing the right thing. They they think they're promoting liberty and they think they're promoting love and all this other when what they're really promoting is death because that's what they love. They, and the Bible's clear about that. But the Bible also says God will disannul that covenant of death and hell that they're making. And that is the hope that I have. I'm sure you have it too, that this covenant of death and hell that the World Economic Forum and some of those players in that and the United Nations are setting up. Guess what, guys? I think, I, I got to tell you, I think a solution for the church that they that the church needs to give a message they need to give is you boys messing with God's people. It's coming to you. You're going to get it. You're you're messing with my my dad's kids, my dad's children here, my father's children. You're messing with them, and he sees you, and you don't get away from that. And you would be wise to, as the psalmist says, 
kiss the son lest he be angry because you're bowling over his anger, messing with his children. I think that's I think the church needs to have that kind of message too, uh, one of judgment upon the wicked lest they repent. That that is very serious and um it's concerning, you know, especially as a as a pastor for people that don't understand how dangerous that is. I mean, I just um spoke a good friend of mine, Dr. Tom Horn, passed away this past Friday. I was on a podcast last night trying to comfort people, friends of his. Um, none of us know, you know, that's why we're supposed to number our, our days and count it on to wisdom, right? None of us know. Amen. But um, let us, whilst, whilst we're here, let's live a life that's glorifying the Christ. And, uh, you know, while, while I was in the UK, I'd, um, I, I shared things uh, you know, like it, it's like how how do they go along with this idea that you know, like unless everybody drinks this glass of special Kool Aid, you know, your your glass of Kool Aid won't quench your <laughs> thirst, right? Yeah, I can't, I can't quench my thirst unless you drink it, Tim. <laughs> so I used that, and I I shared about Revelation eighteen twenty three. You know, at the merchants, these wealthy elite merchants, they're going to deceive all the world with the pharmaceuticals, right? And most people had no idea that, um, you know, about Billy Gates and his Gates of Health Foundation. They didn't understand the manipulation of the witchcraft that's going on in the pharmaceutical world. You know, they don't make money off healthy people, right? They want to sustain customers. Um, I mean, obviously, I, I've got a lot of friends that are physicians, and, and they, they're in for the right reason. They, like you, you know, you're doing this podcast because you want to help people. You want to bless them. That's you right. Draw them closer to Christ. You want to get them understand what's really going on, and um, you know, not. I, I remember when I was there. I, I was um, introduced to Smith Wigglesworth's um, great granddaughter, and um, she reopened her Smith Wigglesworth the church she preached in. It'd been closed for ninety nine years, and uh, they, the, whoever owned the building at that point said they would not reopen unless a direct relative of his would come and minister. So her and her husband took on that assignment. And um, a usual guy, I don't know if you know much about Smith Wigglesworth, but I remember, you know, I read every healing evangelist book I could bake in the early days. And I, she gave me the, um, another part of the story that I didn't know. I remember reading about, um, for those that don't know about Smith Wigglesworth, he was a, a a pastor that never read anything about the Bible. He was illiterate, and he got married to a, a woman named Polly from the Salvation Army. She basically, um, in the Holy Spirit, taught him to read. So he never read anything but the Word of God. Imagine what your life would be like if that's all you ever read. That's incredible. Um, Lester Summerall came to visit him from America, another evangelist, and he, he stopped at the, the train station. He got a newspaper. He's you know reading, and he knocks on Smith Wigglesworth's door. And Smith Wigglesworth comes out, and he was not a well-educated man, but he was moving in, in amazing gifts of the Holy Spirit. And he glared at him. He said, what's that under your arm? He goes, well, it's just a newspaper. He goes, well, can't come in my house. We only allow the truth in my house. Wow. wow. That was like the 30s, 1930s. God right? uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, huh? <laughs> right. So he, he knew even then that the newspapers were propaganda. Yeah. So we were talking, and I... Smith had this unusual gift where um, 
and then people would ask him about it. Like some, I think it was because he had a, an appendicitis attack and he nearly died from it. And whoever prayed for him said, where's it hurt, Smith? And he punched him where, you know, the appendix was and he was instantly healed. I, I, I can't explain how that works. It's just, you know, his ways are higher than our ways. And yep. we try to put God in a box. He can't do it, right? So apparently he felt that's the way you, you heal people. So he went on and did similar things. <laughs> And, um, and they would go, why are you punching people? Because I'm not punching people. He, he said, I, I, I'm punching the demons in a way that's causing the disease. But they were healed. And when you read, you know, um, his sermons that, that were transcribed, I mean, he never said anything that didn't, you know, go along with the word of God. Uh, he kept quoting the scriptures. In fact, he read the Bible every 15 minutes, apparently, uh, just filled with the Holy Spirit. So I, I, I asked his great-granddaughter, her name's Lillian Devin, I said, um, I remember reading a story where he, he prayed for some Irish woman and he, and he punched her to be healed. And, and she turned around and said, if it's a fight you're looking for, you found it. And she punched him back. <laughs> well, I, I didn't know the end of that story. And his grandfather had told me that um, what happened was that woman came back a week later and apologized publicly in front of the congregation to Pastor Wigglesworth because she had a big goiter which is where he hits her, and it, it just vanished. She was just so stunned that he did that. She didn't realize it until she got home. Wow. That's incredible. That really is incredible. Uh, I want to tell people, if they want to pick up the book, you want to check it out. It's called Solutions for the End Times, Plans uh, for Blessing as We Reach the End of the Age. Um, <clears throat> and uh, you can get that. At, but Pastor Casper is one of the contributors, as well as some other people that you guys know, and some people probably you don't know. So you can check that out. I also want to show you this. This is a list of uh, Casper's books that he's got here on Amazon. Again, you guys can source it here and then go look somewhere else. This is one I'm reading. Casper sent this to me. And what was I thinking? And as soon as I'm done with this, Casper, we're going to talk about this one because I think this book right here, I think the subject matter, and I'm already many chapters into it. I was reading on the plane going out to Texas. I was already several chapters in and I was like, yep, I'm following all of what's going on here of what you're saying, because I think it's so important what we think. We talk about our bodies being toxic, but what about our thinking? So here's what I want to do. I only got 20 seconds. I was going to let you do this, but let me do this. If you'll hang on, I'll say goodbye to you off air. If you want to catch Casper, CasperMcCloudMusic.com, CasperMcCloudMusic.com. Also the upperroomfellowship.org theupperroomfellowship.org. And then, of course, you can put Casper McLeod in on Amazon. You can find his books there if you want to pick up some of those. You want to uh, engage in some of the reading there. Uh, you can do that as well. And you can find the music on Spotify, too. So look him up there. We play some of the songs every once in a while before the show. Check that out. And then catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. Lord willing, we'll be back with you in the morning, 6 a.m. See you then.